In our last episode, I talked about some of the things that can go wrong when we put corporations in charge of our well-being. Well, today, I want to share an example of what it looks like when it goes right and how corporate-sponsored well-being programs can have a very positive impact on individuals and workers, as well as on the company's bottom line. All right. All right, everyone, take your seats or lace up your sneaks. We're about to get started. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and in this show, we talk about what it takes to create healthier mindsets and habits in our own lives, as well as how we can create healthier communities and workplaces. Whether you're working on your own health and well-being or promoting healthy behaviors is your job, we're going to talk about what works, what's hard, what's needed, and what's next. Let's jump in. In the spirit of full disclosure, I have to confess that I wasn't thinking of the last episode as part one of a two-parter, but it actually provides a lot of context to what I'm sharing today. So let's just go ahead and pretend I planned it that way. Today, I have a conversation with Lindsay Soroka. Lindsay is a registered dietitian, and she works for one of those big corporate entities that I alluded to in the last episode, one that other companies contract to provide well-being services to their employees or to their customers. And when we first met, Lindsay was embedded as a full-time health promotion specialist for one of her company's client companies, and this was a major national corporation with tens of thousands of employees all across the country, and she was in charge of, among other things, engaging the employees in wellness education and services and programming. So someone in Lindsay's position is obviously answering to a lot of stakeholders. There are, most importantly, the employees that she's serving, but there's also the client company where she's embedded and they want a good return on their investment. And then, of course, there is her employer who wants happy clients. Fortunately, Lindsay is very good at what she does. A while back, Lindsay and I had a chance to work together on some wellness programming for her company. And the program that we offered was the 30-Day Nutrition Upgrade Program that I talked about in the last episode. This is one that helps people adopt healthier eating habits. And as I mentioned then, we have an upcoming opportunity for you to do this program with me if you never have. So check the show notes for a link if you want to learn more, or you can just go right to changeacademypodcast.com slash upgrade. Now, before I met her for the first time, Lindsay had actually participated in a public version of that program, just like the one that's happening next month. But without my knowing, she was sort of acting as a secret shopper. And based on her experience in that program, she then invited me to offer that same program to her entire workforce as part of their wellness programming. I really enjoyed working with Lindsay on that collaboration. And I can say that all of those many, many stakeholders we're also quite happy with the outcome. A couple of months after that program wrapped up, Lindsay and I sat down to talk about her work as a corporate wellness specialist and what she's learned about motivating people and about the role of wellness and well-being in big companies, why major corporations continue to want to invest in this, and also why they need someone like Lindsay to make it work as well as it can. But I think there are valuable lessons for all of us in this conversation. I'll be back at the end with a couple of my takeaways, but I want you to listen for the ways in which our efforts to enhance our own well-being can ripple out into our families, our workplaces, and our communities. 
Welcome to the Change Academy, Lindsay. It is so great to connect with you here. Oh, thanks, Monica. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much for asking me. Yes, I've so been looking forward to our conversation. We have a lot of things in common besides the fact that we both grew up in Buffalo, New York. A couple of Buffalo gals here. But like me, your formal education is in nutrition. You studied clinical nutrition. But also like me, your actual day-to-day work is in a slightly... I don't know, I'll say adjacent field of health promotion. We're trying to find ways to motivate and support people in in adopting healthier lifestyles. And you do that in a workplace setting as a health promotion specialist for a big national corporation. To orient listeners who may work in a corporate environment, you're the person that is reaching out to them about the company's wellness programming or sharing information about healthier lifestyle choices, right? That's exactly right. (laughs) You know, when you work closely in workplace wellness, as both of us do, you can lose sight of the fact that when we zoom out, it's extraordinary that wellness, whole person wellness is part of a company's mission or responsibility to their employees. It's extraordinary. Yeah. And I think that's changed so much of our adult lives now revolves around work. And so it really behooves the a corporation, a company to make sure they're taking good care of the well-being of their employees. Because we know a thriving employee helps the company thrive, but also the community and society in which the company is trying to ultimately make money and, and do well mm-hmm. in. And so... I think it really behooves the companies to take a vested interest in well-being. And the pandemic certainly pointed that out, if nothing else. Especially around mental health resources and caring for employees in that way. And and you're right. I think it is, to a certain extent, enlightened self-interest. Companies are in business to be profitable, but they recognize that this is part of that profitability, is ensuring a healthy and stable and well-resourced workforce. I wonder if you have any thoughts on how employees just in general could maybe be making better use of whatever resources are available to them. Any advice? Yeah, I think taking the time to really look and evaluate what benefits and resources are out there. We have a whole internal intranet and regular emails and even though it can feel really overwhelming some days or it's easy to ignore certain emails, right? If it's from your boss, you're probably answering. If it feels like a more, oh, my wellness, I can put that to the side of <laughs> yeah. the, the health and well-being email. Like maybe it's about setting aside, like making an appointment with yourself at least once a week. So if it's 15 minutes, if it's 30 minutes, you know, if you catch yourself eating lunch at, at your desk, maybe it's taking those few minutes to really open up that well-being email or that notification from your employer to explore and see what benefits or take advantage of someone like me if that's where that your corporation has somebody who's in this role and ask questions about what those resources are because I know for the company the client that I support there's really a whole host of them and it's pretty frequent that employees are like wow I didn't even know this was here. And I think that's some of the tunnel vision of burnout and a Mm -hmm. little bit of overwhelm sometimes. 
And employers really do want employees to take advantage of those programs. That's why they're there. Yeah. We had a chance to work together. We partnered up on a program in your workplace. We did a 30-day nutrition upgrade, which is a program that I've developed and listeners are probably familiar with that by now. And we did it for your entire company. Some 400 people took part in that. And you had actually done that program with me already as a private citizen or maybe as a spy. I don't know. <laughs> I do. And I'm sure you've seen, you've reviewed, you've evaluated a lot of workplace wellness programs. So I'll fish for a compliment here. What was it about the 30-day nutrition upgrade that appealed to you specifically as a workplace wellness program? Yeah, I loved, I really did love participating in that program. I think a couple of things makes it really valuable in the workplace. Challenges are always good. Employees are on board with challenges. And something that is time-bound is really important, whether it's goal-setting, whether it's trying out a new exercise routine, right? 30 days feels really accessible, I think, to most people to be able to upgrade your nutrition. Also, what really appealed to me and my clinical nutrition hat, what, this is not gimmicky. <laughs> it's not lose 60 pounds in 30 days. Like it is something oh gosh, that's going <laughs> to be, right, yes attainable. But people throw out all kinds of, there's all TikTok and Instagram and out there in in the world of health and wellness, as you know, there's lots of gimmicky things that catch people's eyes. And this really felt sustainable and doable and action-oriented. That all appealed to me personally and for the constituents and for the employees I support. Oh, thank you for that. And yes, fortunately, I feel like the days of employee weight loss competitions in the workplace mm. were starting to the tail end. That was just a bad idea from, from beginning to yes. end. And I feel like those are dropping off. But that's interesting that you mentioned the fact that a challenge, a time-bound challenge is something that it's easy to get people excited about and invested in. At the same time, I just want to acknowledge that you and I are always looking for ways to create permanent shifts in behavior, right? That's the ultimate goal. That's the holy grail. And sometimes I feel like it can be a little tricky with challenges or events in that they do get people excited, but then they have a little bit of a short shelf life, right? So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. For sure. I often say you are not trying to eat better for the next three months or lose weight or exercise for the next three months. That is not my goal as a health promotion specialist, as a nutrition, as a public health educator, whatever hat. I'm, I want you to live well and feel good for the rest of your days, which is oftentimes several decades of life left to live. But also as a behavior change goes, people need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So to be able to do something and be consistent with 30 days and then relish in that accomplishment and feel good about it helps to form those healthy habits and helps to make that sustainable. That's certainly the goal. I am always looking for people to take just a couple of those shifts or those behaviors or those insights and roll them forward from day 31 on. And actually, I am still hearing from your folks. <laughs> they, many of them are still using the Nutrition GPA app that we use in that program. Sometimes I'll hear from them with a little question or a little comment. I bet some of them are listening to our conversation right now. So give me, I got Lindsay here, everybody. So I know that does lead to something that lasts longer than 
30 days because we've tried to design it that way. But yeah, hopefully it also does leverage that kind of excitement, that challenge appeal of let's do this together. Let's start on the same day. Let's do this together and see what happens. That's really what it's about. Like, let's see what we realize. We'll look back in 30 days and see what we've learned. So I know we got very positive feedback from the participants in terms of their experience. How did it go from your perspective? I mean, did it help you or how did it help you achieve your objectives in that specific position? Yeah, I think we, whenever we're talking about behavior change, at least for the client I serve, the top of the list is always, it's typically nutrition, exercise, stress management. Like those are our top three things people want to work on. So anytime we can provide a program that helps or combines and our keynote speaker, which is our our keynote speech, our talk that you kicked off the program with was take the stress out of healthy eating. And I don't know that there isn't a person alive that doesn't want to take the stress out of healthy eating. A lot of people feel very stressed about consuming food. And that is a bummer because you have to eat three times a day at least and (laughs) we're surrounded by food. So being able to identify that and take the stress out of that is I I think was a real value add for myself and for the company. And just getting that community of people, so 400 or so participants, there was a community within our organization, but then there was an online community where people could connect and stay accountable and ask those questions. And then there was daily emails. So I think doing something as part of a group really helps Mm. to foster a sense of well-being and connection. And it helps you stick with it. Exactly. Yeah. That community support makes a big difference. And then there's also that sort of spillover effect where when we're doing a program, like you say, we don't stop eating when we leave the workplace, then we go home and have dinner, right? And so there's always some spillover effect into families and other people in the household that are along for the ride for that and who can also access the app and, and play along. So it... I really want to thank you for the opportunity for doing that program. It was tons of fun for us. It seemed to be very popular and very successful in your workplace. And and I really owe it to you, uh, a big thank you for identifying that program and then bringing it in, selling it to your administration and, and showing them that it could be a benefit to them. As we start to wrap up, I just want to ask you, what's the best part of your job? And I'm sure it's changed over the years. You've been there several... Is it seven years that you've been in your current? Five. So working on, yep, going on five. Yep. So so I'm sure that's changed over your tenure there, but what is the best part of your job right now? The absolute best part of my job is when employees reach out and let us know what they have participated in or say thank you or something that's touched their lives in a positive way. Earlier this year, we had an employee reach out to us who had a pretty significant health scare last fall and then enrolled in a program that we run. And she reached out in January to say, you really changed my life. I had this really difficult experience in the fall with my health and it was very scary and what you did made a difference in my life. And so that is that is the best. It feels so good when you have an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. 
I can so imagine how that would really be a standout experience. And I just want to say for everybody listening, this is not limited to your relationship with your workplace wellness coordinator. Whenever we have an opportunity to take a moment, it doesn't take a whole lot longer than that, to send an email, to send a text, to send a call to someone who's had a positive impact on us. It means the world and it is not a one-way benefit too. It also feels really good and has demonstrable health benefits to the person who makes that effort, who voices that appreciation and that acknowledgement also gets a big benefit in their mental and physical health. So I'll just take that as an opportunity, a little public service announcement for everybody. We are always looking for action items at the end of our Change Academy episodes. My challenge for everybody listening today is to think of one person that you can reach out and send an email or a text or pick up the phone and give them a message, a little bit like what you just heard Lindsay describe. doesn't have to be that earth shattering, but I guarantee you it's going to make both your day and their day. Thank you for coming and spending some time with us on the Change Academy. It's always fun to connect with you, Lindsay. We always have the best conversations and I'm glad to be sharing one of them with our listeners. So I hope you'll come back again. I would love to. This was an honor and a real privilege. Thank you so much for having me. So what were your takeaways from that? I'll share five of mine. Number one, companies are in business to be profitable, but the smart ones recognize that in order to thrive as a company, they need a healthy, stable, and well-resourced workforce. Number two, when you're feeling burned out or overwhelmed at work, you may not feel like you have the bandwidth to explore your employer's wellness resources, but this is actually the time that they might be most valuable to you, and your employer really does want you to use them. Number three, when trying to establish new behaviors, a short-term commitment can make it feel more doable, more accessible, but a good short-term challenge is going to be designed with that long tail in mind. Number four, doing something as part of a group really helps to foster a sense of well-being and connection, and it can help you stick with it. And then finally, reaching out to someone who's had a positive impact on you is not only going to mean the world to that person, but it can also benefit your own mental and physical health. So be on the lookout for opportunities to do that. Also, just a reminder that we are doing a 30-day nutrition upgrade that anyone can take part in starting November 8th. Join us for that springboard of community and connection, and then enjoy the benefits of those healthier habits through the holidays and into next year and beyond. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go right to changeacademypodcast.com slash upgrade to sign up. And if you're a health promotion specialist or a well-being coordinator, and you'd like to chat about bringing this program to your workplace, let's talk about maybe doing something in the first or second quarter of next year. You can email me at hello at changeacademypodcast.com. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy Podcast with Monica Reinagel. Our show is produced by me, Brock Armstrong. You'll find links to everything Monica mentioned in today's episode in our show notes, as well as on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can also send us an email or leave us a voicemail. If you're finding this podcast helpful, we hope you'll subscribe, or even better, give our show a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Or, best of all, share this episode with a friend or colleague you think would enjoy it. Now here's to the changes we choose.